Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray no. Hello, Andy. Hey, buddy. Happy post-Valentine's Day. Happy President's Day, Andy. Oh, that's right. Today's a national holiday. I don't know if that's true. It is. Is it? Are banks open? Is the market open? The market is not open. Banks are closed. There will be no mail today. Happy yeah, it, President's Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's finally good to have a real president in office on this President's Day. How many of those tweets are going to be out there? I'm sure lots. Dude, I'll say this real quick. The amount of free rent that Donald Trump has in people's heads is mind-blowing. I mean, it goes both ways. It's It's... It's the same thing on both sides, but like it's ludicrous how people like I I said numerous times. I'm like, I'm excited for Biden to get in so I can start shitting on Biden again, start shitting on the Democrats again. And that's exactly, you know, what I plan to do. But like the idea that so many people just still remain so triggered by everything. So triggered by everything. Yeah, man. You know, you know what you got to do. You really. It is nice to it is nice to not have. Isn't it nice, regardless of what you've what your opinion of the whole thing is? Isn't it nice not to have the Trump quote tweet every? Oh, yeah. Time Trump tweets. Oh, yeah, I agree. 20 people quote tweet it on your feed with their own shitty opinion. Yeah, I know. I think that, that's a good point. I agree. The, there. He was the, he was the Skip Bales of presidents. I, I feel the same way about people who quote tweet Skip Bales. Oh, he's trying to trigger you. Yes. <laughs> and you're falling for it every single time. You got to go back and watch South Park, man. You really do. The stuff that they have predicted from years ago. I, I want to just put it out there to everybody listening. Obviously, this is like my jam. I love South Park. I love those guys. I think they're brilliant. But I think everybody should hot take. take. Well, everybody should rewatch like episodes from 2010. Watch every episode. But if you really want to rewatch, just go back. The stuff that they have predicted years in advance. It's it's not only phenomenal. It's remarkable. It's sad. It's funny. It's all these things combined. And it's just so funny to see how the world's playing out. And you talk about Twitter. I just want to reiterate too, Twitter is not the real world. It's just not the real world. It's the crazies from all sides. I agree. All just thrown together that try to be as loud as possible. People are nuts on Twitter, man. Yeah. Twitter's lost control. And it's, it's amazing how there, I feel like there was a time where every social media platform was like very similar and now they're so different like facebook is just like basically grandmas at this point arguing 
it, it, should, it, should, it should just be called Karen book at this point. Honestly, I, I, I've been deactivated from Twitter or from Facebook for a while, but it, I have this like deactivation setting where if like I click on something and it takes me to Facebook, it like reactivates me. Yeah. And so I keep having to deactivate, but every time I'm in there, I'm like, Jesus, this is still happening. Like Karen book, relax. And then, and then you have Twitter, which is just like people just, it's literally the equivalent of two people standing nose to nose yelling at each other. And then, you know, Instagram is, is this Instagram. There's nothing faker in the world than Instagram. Every single thing on Instagram, everybody is just showing what they wish their life looked like. Dude, show me what your real life looks like. Yeah. And, and it's so sad. And then TikTok is just people fucking dancing. And like, it, 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 you know, TikTok's Somebody- the, ne- the next generation. TikTok is literally the grandchild of Facebook. It's Facebook. It's the people on Facebook's grandchildren. <laughs> By the way, you just get you just inspired an idea, whether it's a sketch or an actual new app. It wouldn't be a new app. It'd be a sketch. You should do weekly real grams instead of Instagram, where it's the most boring, mundane, basic thing. You're just sitting in your apartment watching a game. I mean, I feel like that, like for the most part, I don't Instagram all that often, but for the most part, that is my Instagram. Like... My Instagram is like when I do something like medium of excitement, like something that's excitement only to me. Like my Instagram has basically been shut down without baseball. It was just like, hey, look, I went to a baseball game. That's it. That was my Instagram. And it wasn't like, look at me. It's just like literally like I'm not even in the picture. It's just like this is what Dodger Stadium looks like. I've since baseball stopped having fans. I put up four Instagram posts. Yeah. Well, you and I have never been if you look at our history. We've never been big Instagrammers, like very minimal. If you go back in, I don't know, the last seven, eight years. Yeah. But but it is funny to think because you are right. If you really think about that, it couldn't be the farthest thing from the truth, how people actually live. And then you toss in the filters and all the other bullshit. I don't know, Joe. All, all I know is... Uh, I'm bracing for another storm because we live in the coldest area in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm kidding. Dirt, dirt balls. I was bitching to you before the show. Dirt balls. Can you guys please listen to the show? Please listen. Sometimes I got a lot of DMS from last episode. People saying, Oh, you complaining about the weather. Look how bad it is in North Dakota. Look how bad it is in Minnesota. I didn't complain once, not a single time. If you listen, I said probably four or five times. I'm really enjoying the cold and the snow. So it's actually the opposite of complaining. Let's also, you have Stockholm syndrome. Just like, yeah, I love, I love cold. I love snow. I'm really liking this. Yeah, man. Although the joke, uh, the joke with Also, my- I think I, I, I think, you know, typically really, really cold. Like you don't get a ton of snow. You don't. You get like snow is more of a pain in the ass. Than just yeah. like super cold weather. The only time super cold bothered me was when I was like living in New York and you have to go outside to like get on the subway. You yeah. know what I mean? You've got to walk five blocks in the snow. Like when you're, when it's super cold, most places you literally walk out your door. 
It's stupid to even put on like a hat and a scarf. You walk 10 feet to your car. Which you've you, already heated up probably. you've already heated up. You get in. You walk. You, you drive it. You walk 10 feet from your car to wherever you're going. Like I always thought bitching about like the cold. Oh, no. Do you have to stay inside? Oh, poor you. I, I about just like cold weather. Like unless you're a farmer or unless you're in like Chicago or New York. What like you just don't go outside in it. Well, I agree. I, I don't get even, it either. Even, even honestly, like kind of snow, you know, obviously snow. If you're living the difference between living in a city with snow and living in like a rural area or suburban area with snow is like you've got to deal with shoveling your driveway or shoveling your walk or whatever. Like you have to deal with the snow in New York. The snow is like, yeah, I got to go outside and like the, the you know, the walk to the subway. There could be one of those fake the, the, what always got me in New York was the fake puddle uh, pavement. Like it would get so gray and so nasty that literally straight puddles of water would look exactly like gray pavement. And you'd end up like stepping into a six foot fucking sinkhole. And it's like, like it's like that scene in Groundhog Day. Yeah. But you didn't have to do any of the shoveling. So that was nice. But yeah. You still have to like walk in it, it when you're in. The suburban area like yeah you gotta you gotta like gear up and do your driveway and do your walk but then you're just literally walking to your car you, yeah and, I, you get, and you step out i agree it's it's not bad i agree it's really not but i did with, with the also, weather just so you know as as long as you're uh as long as you're willing to deal with socialism uh you know you don't even have to you don't have to deal with snow or cold it's 61 degrees here today and all I have to do is wait in bread lines. But it's but the weather's nice while I'm waiting in bread lines. <laughs> the homeless situation, though. Not where you're at, though. Yeah. You know why? Because homeless people don't like the snow. <laughs> homeless people are like, yeah, it's negative 21 in South Dakota. I'm going to go live there. Have you seen? I don't want to give away where you live because you don't live in L.A. proper. Have you seen any homeless people in your city? Uh. When I first went out, one of the first days I was here, there was literally fire trucks and ambulance. It was like it was like 9-11 on one of the corners. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? Was there a terrorist attack? And it was because like one homeless guy had been sitting on the corner for like three hours. Yeah. That's why I was curious, because you and I have seen Venice. We get we send yeah. each other stuff and people send us stuff. Venice, feeling, if, if the if the boardwalk in Venice right now, suddenly like showed up here. I've, I'm pretty sure they would like drone strike the neighborhood. Like I'm pretty sure they would like send in the national guard. Yeah. You know what I picture with Venice? I picture, uh, wh what's that? Wh what is it? The gif or the meme where the, is it the dog sitting drinking tea and then everything's on fire? Yeah. That's kind of what I picture the mayor right now, like in Venice, Everything is just happening. You and I, again, we've seen it. This isn't an exaggeration. The numbers are there as far as the just increase in crime and homelessness. And he's just like, everything's all right with, you know, he's playing pool volleyball. Guys are just getting stabbed on the, the lawn chairs. That's what yeah, I picture. I, I, I've only seen videos. I haven't been like down on the boardwalk in forever. Well, whenever I come out next, we'll have to do a trip for old time's sake. Yeah, let's go in an armored car. So I have been holed up and 
I've been watching some more NBA and, and yep. I want to, I want to start the discussion there for today's show. Now I watched the, the Lakers lost last night. They were on. Then I watched, I've seen a lot of Mavs games because they get a lot of national uh, TV time, but I wanted to bring up first. We'll jump into the jazz, but the East, like the East is kind of up for grabs. Agreed. Who do you like right now at this juncture? We're, we're headed towards, we're past more than a third of the season through what are they going to do? They're going to do what? 72 games this year. Yes. So we're at that point. It's pretty bunched up. The Celtics are on a big losing streak, but who do you like right now for yourself? Well, it's a tough question because I, I really feel like it's three teams right now. It's the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Nets. And I don't like any of them right now. I mean, somebody has to win the East. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I think, I think the Sixers seem the most complete right now. But I also think that both other teams can beat the Sixers. Um, it's just a matter of making some adjustments, making some roster changes. So, I, it's it's hard for me to say right now who I think the favorite in the East is because I th- here's what I'll say I think the team with the highest ceiling is Brooklyn. Yeah, when you go to playoffs, I always do best player on the floor, second best player on the floor. Listen, Joel Embiid's in the MVP conversation, no doubt about it. Also, Kevin Durant's better than Joel Embiid. And it's not really even close. Yeah. So, James Harden, kind of better than Joel Embiid. (laughs) Like, not to mention, you know, Kevin Durant is currently having, sitting out with an injury problem. Um, I wish no harm on Joel Embiid, but like, almost a healthy Joel Embiid at this point as a Sixers fan, you kind of are nervous, like, oh, my God, is he saving his yearly injury for the end? That would be the worst. Um, I think that the Nets have the highest ceiling. I Obviously, they have to figure out something defensively, um, which is, I think is a perfect storm. They're having a perfect storm of bad defense because they have three offense-first guys, three guys who have not been exceptionally good defenders in their career. Kevin Durant has become a better defender, but he's not an elite defender by any means. They have a uh, offense first system, obviously with the, you know, the Nash D'Antoni offensive system and Harden and Kyrie are, you know, I would say bad defenders. So they have to figure out something defensively, but I think that the nets adding a player um, and staying healthy I just, I just, it's just gonna be hard to outscore them now. Um, the Bucks, like to me, the Bucks have to prove they can do it before. Like, and I, I, I realize that the Sixers haven't done it, but the Sixers also have a, have a new coach in Doc, and they're playing great under him. Now, at the same time, I, I'm, I'm not a Doc fan by any means. So there's question marks with all of these teams. But to me, I like the Nets because I like I like their ceiling the most. Yeah. Now, I want to talk Kyrie for a minute. 
because it sounds like he's finally accepting what you have been preaching all these years. Now he's only played 19 games, but have you seen the quotes where he is? Of course. (laughs) Have I seen the quote where Kyrie finally fucking realizes exactly who he has always been a shooting guard, especially, especially obviously in this situation, it's like, you know, he, to me has always been an off guard. He, loves to dribble and score. He doesn't love to pass. To me, that's always been like, I I hate to break it to Russell Westbrook. He's also an off guard. Like, you know what I mean? There's guys. It's just, especially now in the NBA where you don't really need to have a defined position. The idea of insisting that you're a point guard when you love to go to the basket and love to create and hate to pass to me is even more ludicrous than demanding that you be a point guard back in the day when there was like, you know, more structure to positions. So the idea that Kyrie finally accepted this and all it took was him playing with James Harden, who hilariously enough has gone from a shooting guard to a point guard. Yeah. Um, but they needed that to happen because they're going to, they need to be on the floor at the same time. And I've been saying all along, give me these, this Nets team without Kyrie. But I also think Kyrie's a great, talented player. And Kyrie is, a, is an awesome shooter. And Kyrie having spot up shooting ability. And then being able to go to the basket when he needs to is everything he's all. This is what he should have done with LeBron. Yeah. He would already have another championship. Yeah. Well, I mean, his numbers, he's played 19 out of their 28 games. And his numbers are the best for points, field goal shooting percentage, basically right there for three point percentage. So the numbers are there backing it up. Stick to number two. Stick to your role. Be the shooting guard. I just think he's a devastating. He has devastating catch and shoot ability, and he doesn't do it enough. And on a team where you have a guy who is a great passer and get you the ball in that situation, and a guy like Durant who can be your a primary scorer, the idea that not to not fall into that role is just not wanting to win, not wanting to be it. So I'm glad he like outright said it. I still think they need to add a player and add some sort of defensive personality, but I think that they have the high ceiling simply because I don't, I think the Sixers, maybe you're going to peak early. I don't love doc, you know, in in the playoffs and until the bucks show me that they can, you know, Make it to an NBA finals. Yeah. Like Kevin Durant showed me he can make it to the NBA finals. Like Kevin Durant showed me he can be the leader on a great team. Nobody on the Sixers has shown me that. Nobody on the Bucks has shown me that. I believe in D'Antoni slash Nash. Nash slash D'Antoni, if you want to say it that way out of respect. But like Nash Tony. Yeah. Nash Tony. Um, I don't. It sounds like a good pizza restaurant, by the way. Yeah. Man, the pepperoni they put on Nash Tony's. Let's open Nash Tony's. We'll get you your pizza in seven seconds or less. 
dude, you're already coming up with marketing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is a good idea. I can see Steve Nash backing it. D'Antoni's yeah. for sure going to back it. Yeah, D'Antoni will love it. And then you could have contests to see who can eat a slice in seven yeah. seconds or less. And if you Many do that. Like the pick and sausage rolls. Who's got money? Who wants to fund this, guys? Who's got the equity for this? We need it. Let's do it. Where are you opening this up at? In Brooklyn? Seems like a no-brainer. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, I, if there's one thing that Brooklyn needs, it's more pizza restaurants. Yeah. Either that or we're opening up everywhere besides Brooklyn and we just call it Brooklyn-style pizza. You know? Nash Tony's Brooklyn-style pizza. I wonder the percentage of pizza restaurants or how many you know per square mile in brooklyn or maybe even new york how many pizza spots there are i i would say in the five digit numbers for sure like it's just that crazy yeah i bet you there's i bet you there's 75 locations of original race i'm googling it i have to how many pizza shops are in Manhattan? That's Manhattan. I mean, it's a good start. All right, this one's from 2015. I was curious. This is from Cora, you know, the question answer thing. So this is from the health department. And, and again, 2015, 1,700 pizza spots. Just in Manhattan, which is the, by far the smallest of all the. No, this says New York City Health Department. Okay. That's insane still. Like how often, how often, how often, yeah, that seems like, how often are you eating pizza when you're living there? Oh, I mean, multiple times a week. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because in New York, you could eat pizza, like pizza. You don't even necessarily have it as a meal. You know sure. what I mean? You don't need to have, like you get a, you get a slice when you're in a rush, you know, just grab, grab a slice on your way in or out of something pizza after after the bar like like you go to a bar it's like kind of reckless not to put a little pizza in your stomach before you go to bed like multiple times a week easily i'm seeing another thing at claiming, least two i'm seeing another thing claiming thirty two thousand. yeah I, I i think that's closer than 1700 nash tony's yeah make it happen i by the way i agree with you i i think if you look at the talent that they are going to have the highest ceiling. They have a defensive problem. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like they've got it. You know, this season is still very young. And you also have three guys who've all made it to the finals before. Like, let's not forget that. I mean, it really is yeah. important to bring up. The experience level come playoff time is huge. And I, and I just think it would be reckless for them not to, you know, go all in and add players. I mean, obviously Drummond is now being shopped around. I don't know that he's quite a fit there, but like that's a guy who a guy like that where you, you know, just a big man in the middle to just clog up the lane a little bit. You need they need some defense. But I like their squad. I really do. I like the, I like this run. I mean, like the idea of having a, a Joe Harris type as a catch and shoot on that team. Like, I just think that they can, they're going to be able to score a lot of points. I think that the focus day in and day out from that coaching staff in terms of a series, like, okay, we know now, like it's always going to be easier to defend when you're defending the same team every day. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I think it's too early because I think there's still moves that need to be made. But if you put a gun to my head, I'd say the Nets, even though they, they straight up cannot do it unless they make defensive adjustments. Yeah. What about, uh, well, let's move into the West. The Jazz, I knew the Jazz were playing well. I did not know until you added this. They won 18 of 19. Yes. Here's, here's the thing I'm going to say, and then I'll let you hop in. It's like regular, regular season just doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't. Well, I, I don't know. Like, like I am. My thing is like the jazz would not scare me. Just again, compared to like the Lakers, maybe well, even the Clippers. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that there's, you know, a lot of factors, obviously right now, Anthony Davis is hurt. Sure. You know, um, but when you look at the jazz team, the jazz team is very deep and they have a lot of guys who are like great at playing their role. Like they're, they're very strong at every position. They don't really have a weak link and you know, it becomes a question of when you face a team like the Lakers or you face a team like the Clippers, again, best player on the floor. I know Donovan Mitchell has been great, but like, get the fuck out of here. LeBron James is the best player on the floor, regardless of who he's playing. And like, that's, that's just the end of the story. And I won't hear otherwise. Um, you know, a healthy Anthony Davis. Do you have the second best player on the floor? Yes. I'm not going to hesitate on that. Yeah. So again, in a series, again, guys who have been there again, coming off a championship, like a coach who knows what he's doing, everybody healthy equal on both sides. Like, yeah, I'm taking the Lakers. Yeah. Now uh, I, this is no disrespect to the jazz. I, I think I believe in the jazz more than you do. Um, you know, I, I think that the jazz are playing out of their minds right now, but they're playing out of their minds because they're playing great basketball. The, the thing is the, the regular season, not that it doesn't mean anything, but I think when you're in a groove, you can be really good every night against different teams. Like you're not going to change anything you're doing and let's see if they can figure out a way to stop you come into a playoff series when you got to beat somebody a couple times yeah bro it's tough it's a little bit easier to stop you it's tough and 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 the fan thing i think the fan thing favors somebody like the lakers it just does in my opinion the lack of a fans yes i think it does because i think lakers fans basically don't show up anyway yeah i think laker fans are so nonchalant they're not into it they're show up late Whereas you go on the road, you go to Utah, man. Those are like fervent, passionate fans. I don't know what the situation is in Utah right now with fans. I know most stadiums or arenas, a very limited number, and it's mostly healthcare workers, right, who are going to these games. So I don't know. I just think that that Utah does have a fan advantage because I think you 
have to show up in like pods. So guys can still show up with like their 10 or 12 wives. Oh yeah. They, good point. they all live together. So that's, you know, that favors jazz. The thing is when you look at these teams and I know the Clippers are playing well. And I know if you look at, for example, a Clippers team and you do the same thing, you say, as well as Donovan Mitchell's playing and as well as the Jazz are playing, the Clippers have the best player, right? Kawhi would be the best player. But I think the, the Jazz could beat the Clippers in a playoff series. Well, yeah, I agree there. But I but LeBron James is a different is on a different level. And and to be totally honest, I know everybody's I know we're at the Russell Wilson portion of the NBA MVP talk, but with Joel Embiid, but LeBron's playing the best in the NBA. And like I, to me, he's head and shoulders the best player in the NBA. Yeah. I hope that wasn't a diss at Russ. I feel like it no, was. No, I'm just saying, like, we I, did I'm the I'm kidding. we did we did that we did the Russ is running away with the NFL MVP thing. Yeah, but that was like that. I was gonna say that was four exactly that was four right. weeks into the season, man. Right. But I'm saying we're we're kind of at the point now where it's like we did the we did the Joel Embiid thing and we did the this guy. But I but to be honest, I don't think that's the fairest comparison because Russ has never even gotten an MVP vote. LeBron has LeBron has how many MVPs? Uh, uh, no, I'm saying four. Right, I'm saying LeBron is more the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, who like in the end, like no one was talking, no one's talking about him in Week Four, and I brought it up a couple of weeks ago, and you're like LeBron MVP, and now it's starting to happen, and now it's starting because he's consistently there, and guys are going to have those weeks where they're playing out of their minds. And don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate, and Joker is an MVP candidate. But LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. And if you watch on any given night, what he does across the board. Yeah. Like in you terms know. of value, I understand that, that the Sixers are the best team in the East right now. And Joel Embiid is by far their most outstanding player. But LeBron every night giving you 27, 8, and 8. Like just like in, a, in, a, in his sleep. Consistency. Here's the thing about LeBron. LeBron is very the longevity, the consistency. You know what you're going to get from him. It's just like our friends at Harry's Razors, isn't it, Joe? Yes. We've been working with Harry's for six years now. Six years. That steadfast consistency. We know we're going to get a great shave and we know we're going to get it at an affordable price. It's always tough to balance. Right, we talk about balance in the NBA, and not many players have balance both sides of the ball. Harry's has the balance of it's a great product, and it's also affordable. Dirt balls. For a limited time, Harry's is offering their starter set plus a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com forward slash dirty. Now, we're getting some starter sets. Joe, did you get yours in the mail? I did. Okay, so we both got our starter sets. We see what's in that. Again, guys, some great products, all for just $3. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair price, only $2 per refill. What, what a great deal. 100% quality guaranteed. 
This is what I love about Harry's. They stand behind the quality of their blades so much that they have a hundred percent money back guarantee on harrys.com. So listen up dirt balls for a limited time. Harry's has an exclusive offer for all the listeners of this show. Once again, new customers get a Harry starter set and a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com forward slash dirty. That's over a $16 value for just $3. You'll get a five blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, a travel cover, and a travel size body wash. It's an incredible deal, but act fast while supplies last. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer. So your vote for MVP right now is LeBron. So it's tough. I think he is the most valuable player. I think what is most impressive about LeBron is, and I said that when I watched his, um, when I watched that feed, that was just a camera angle on LeBron. He does. He's not, he doesn't work that hard to do this. <laughs> I think LeBron James has hit the point in his career where he's figured out the cruise control. And unfortunately, what that does is it takes away a little bit from the raw numbers. I don't know where he stands in like player efficiency rating or, or value of a replacement player or, you know, all the, all the, you know, high-end analytics. But I'd guarantee if you looked at player efficiency rating that like it's going to be Embiid. And it's going to be Joker and it's going to be Giannis and it's going to be Lillard and it's going to be, you know, I don't know, CJ and it's going to be, you know, Donovan Mitchell. And like, you're going to have a lot of those guys that are ahead of LeBron, but they're working so hard to do it. And he's in cruise control and he's probably ninth or something or, you know, seventh or whatever it is. And he doesn't have to work that hard. He quietly goes for 28, eight and eight. And whenever he needs to turn it on, he does. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, there's different analytics on that. ESPN's had him at, I think I just looked seventh or ninth. He's 15th on uh, basketball reference. In, in, terms, in, in, in what? Player efficiency. Okay. And beads number one. Joker's number two. Giannis, number three, Kawhi, four, Doncic, five, Dame, six. Yeah. Um, but how hard, uh, how hard Damian Lillard's got to work. Yeah. How hard Luca's got to work every night to be on that list, to have the Mavs as a fucking 10 seed. To me, you take LeBron James off of that team. And, and by the way, we've seen this before. AD's been out multiple times this year and is out again. LeBron's going to turn up his game for a minute. Lakers that, probably that value of a replacement. He's third behind the Joker and Doncic. So, right. Right. I'm just saying like, he's still third on that. Right. In cruise control. When he turns it on, I mean, that's the thing. Like the idea of LeBron just we're, we're judging everything. This it's this moving, you know, thing. We're judging Brooklyn while they're trying to figure it out. We're judging the Sixers under Doc with P 
peak Embiid for the first time when he's healthy. We're judging, you know, we're judging the Lakers based on like LeBron, you know, going 65% and casually, you know, putting up numbers no one's ever put up. I think ESPN flashed a stat last night. You know, he went 25, seven and seven for X amount of games. And it's only happened uh, two times in the history of the league for a longer consecutive. And I think one of them was LeBron. Like there's never been anybody who more quietly delivers 27, eight and eight. Well, the LeBron, like I'm, this is where I'm at with the LeBron watching and just from a fan of the game. It's, it's interesting because I've gone on some deep dives. Look, I'm hold up in a basement, right? Like I've got on some like nerd stat deep dives in the last week or two. LeBron's nearing that point of where's he going to, you know, he's probably, you know, knock on wood going to finish as the NBA points leader. He's going to finish top five in assists. This is where the rings really. He's already, he's already, he's already higher on the list than by far than anybody who's not a point guard. Oh, it and, does it. And he's a point and he's a point guard, but you know what I'm, my point? Yeah. Is, it doesn't even come close, but that's where it gets like really interesting to me. It's like my focus when I watch LeBron as far what as about the turnovers, Andy, like the, this discussion for me is once you start talking about the ring stuff and that's fine. It's kind of like the Brady thing, in my opinion, like once it, once, Obviously, he's got four and Jordan has six. But if he matches Jordan and then he like, I, I, I'm a believer in this. If if LeBron matches Jordan in rings, then also has way more finals appearance. And then he becomes the NBA all time leader in points, top five in assist. There's just no discussion. There's just none. But also, if the discussion, if 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 we shut the. If we shut the discussion down because he matches Jordan. Isn't that valuing rings too much? And then also like Bill Russell's got 11 and no one fucking talks about it. No, it, it, it could be. And I understand it was a different era, but like, again, I, I, and I've said this so many times, and this is one of those, like, you know, you're getting old because, but like the, the years in like Jordan played in the nineties. Yeah. We're in the twenties. We're we're 30 years from Jordan's first title. Yeah. You go back 30 years from Jordan's first title, you're in the early 60s. It's a good point. It's not that like the difference in eras is the same. But Joe the difference in eras be between Jordan and Russell is the same as between Jordan and LeBron. Let's talk about hand checking though. There was hand checking back then. Hand checking. <laughs> The, the number one argument of 90 hand checking, by the way, was illegal yeah. before I was born. Yeah, that's the number one argument of 90s basketball defenders. Hand but what about hand checking? What, can, can you imagine if people could place the back of their hand on 6'9, 265 pound LeBron, how they'd be able to control him? Dude, yesterday at the end of the half, he went coast to coast. I know in three seconds. I watched it. The, the fucking Nuggets guys were it was like a train had gone off the tracks. People were diving out of the way. It was like when a, it was like when a tire goes into the stands at Daytona, there were people just fucking <laughs> hiding under fucking bleachers. Why didn't somebody throw a hand check at him? If you want an interesting article 
about LeBron. The Athletic did one, and I didn't fully read it. I skimmed through about his high school football days. Yeah. Did you see it? I, and this is this is now a yearly thing that we do. This, by the way, this is that that time of year, right? It's that time of year. Football's over. Baseball hasn't started. We're going to do like, could LeBron have been Antonio Gates? You should watch. You should watch the highlight reel. I will. And 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 it does go back to your point, which I like. Then going even more back to a dirtball call about our kids playing different sports and what sports we want them to play. I think that was from Reed. I think it is good to play different sports because LeBron really is a prime example. He played football through junior year at Akron, St. Mary, St. Vincent. And obviously it got to the point where they're like, dude, you can't risk an injury. Yeah. But dude, there's this one, there's this one highlight. I, I again, I I'm going down these rabbit holes. I watched this one. They throw a, they, it's a wide receiver screen pass. So they throw, the screen to LeBron at wide receiver, and then he launches it deep, dude. And it's a pass interference, but you should see the cannon that LeBron launches to his fellow wide receiver on looks like a post pattern or a fly pattern, something like that. It's amazing. Yeah, like this whole he's article a, has. He's it. a freak, and yeah. and like only LeBron haters, you know. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying LeBron what would have been a hall of famer in the NFL if he went, but like the idea that you can't look at so many of the tight ends who literally never played football. Yeah. And then like their basketball careers ended and they took on football and the, I mean, Gates, you know, uh, like, I mean, Gonzalez, Gonzalez was like, you know, playing basketball at Cal, like these guys, like, and LeBron is six, nine, six, eight, six, nine, 275. Like he, he towers over them. He makes, he makes Gronk look like a little person. I mean, Antonio Gates to put it in perspective and obviously hall of famer guy went to Kent state for basketball. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying like, you know, he started at Michigan state in Eastern Michigan, but like, Dude went to Kent State. He went to a Mac school, and he became an all-time tight end. So the point 100% holds up. And like, <laughs> and and the ludicrous, you know, argument of like, but he flops. <laughs> okay. Can't that's do what it. that's what, that's what Twitter's for. Yeah, it really that's, is. That's the Twitter crowd. It really is. So that's actually a good segue into some football discussions. Um. JJ Watt was released by the Texans. I'm going to play a call because it's a, uh, it's a British dirt ball. Who's apparently living in the States. So he's okay. calling about it. Hey, Joe and Andy, it's Will in Portland at uncle gully on Instagram. Got a quick question about TJ Watt and what you think about, uh, him being released. Sorry, JJ Watt from the, from the Texans. Is this, uh, is this malpractice on the part of the organization uh, not getting anything in return and just releasing it? Curious what you think. Thanks, bye. Doesn't it just sound so much better when it comes yeah. from the English accent? Yeah. Mal- Listen to these words. He's talking about malpractice. American dirtballs. Did the Texans fuck up? He's like, is it malpractice? <laughs> I love it. I mean, uh, you know, look, 
I think it was a mutual thing, right? That they, they, he played there long enough that it's more of a respect thing. Isn't that what I'm gathering? Right. I got to say, cause he's played there since 2011. So here the, the reason that, that he was hoping that they did this, that they said, okay, or whatever, is that he doesn't have to wait to sign. He could sign tomorrow with somebody if he wanted to. He doesn't have to wait. Technically, people who will be who will be free agents this year, they're still under contract until X day. And then that's when we, we say like free agency starts, you know? Um, so he gets a head start on it. Now, there's a lot of people... And again, we'll go back to like Twitter only style conversations. The, the, the conversations like LeBron's couldn't play in the NBA because he, he's a flopper. He's the same weight as JJ Watt, by the way. Uh, the idea that they're making it like a racial issue as a, you know, Deshaun Watson, they're, they're forcing him to whatever, but they've straight up released JJ Watt. I think that's a stupid discussion, but I will say that it does seem kind of ridiculous that JJ Watt, that they would let JJ Watt go when he has some sort of value. I understand like, let's say JJ Watt at his cap number and whatever, but like they didn't even try, like no, no one was giving them anything for JJ Watt. Like, I just don't believe that. Like I said, I think it's, hey, you played with us since 2011. You were the team leader for the last 10 seasons. We're going to basically do you a solid by doing this. Kind of like that last Lakers contract to Kobe that completely hamstrung them for years. And that's why they were terrible. He said, hey, man, you, you did all this for us. We're going to throw you a lot of money. But my point is, and again, I don't, like I'm not diving into this, but the Texans owner is saying they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is asked for a trade. Every single other person in the league, like, like Matt Stafford asked for a trade. He's getting traded. Carson Wentz, they fucking fire the coach because the coach doesn't like Carson Wentz. He still wants to be traded. They're going to fucking trade. Like Deshaun, the, the, the owner who has, you know, a shitty history is now saying we're keeping Deshaun Watson, but JJ Watt goes, I want to leave. And they're like, go. I just, don't, I just don't like that comparison. Cause you're talking about an older injured JJ. Watt. I'm looking it up right now. I I'm saying they're totally different situations. Yeah, and I'm you, not trying, you have the, the franchise quarterback. I'm not trying have, to start this thing. I yeah. am saying though, there is, it is weird that they wouldn't have, tried to get something for JJ Watt. You so and also I what did you know I mean like in in terms of everything like JJ Watt did his job. He wasn't the Super Bowl MVP. He wasn't whatever. Like I I get that he was a really good player for the Texans but like a lot of teams have had a lot of really good players. It does seem like they Here's my point. It just does seem like they went out of their they're two completely different situations, right? And if you look at them side by side, it makes sense. 
But when you look at how both are being pushed to the extremes, he asked for a release. They immediately gave it to him. So like they couldn't have been more cordial to his desires. Deshaun Watson asked for a trade. Okay. If they said, fine, we're not going to release you. You have value. We're going to trade you. That makes sense. They're doing the opposite. They're saying, we're not going to trade you. (laughs) Like both are getting pushed to the extremes. I know, but I just, again, to me, it comes back to, I don't know what the value is for JJ Watt. The truth is I just looked it up out of his last five seasons. He's played 16 games twice. His other three seasons are a combined 16 games. So we all know injuries have really hampered him in his career. And you're talking about a guy on his decline at a, Listen, versus I I'm just a saying, franchise quarterback. But they're happening simultaneously. And one guy's making a request and it's immediately granted. The other guy's making a request and they're, they're not saying we're going to trade you. We got your request. We appreciate what you did. It's not that easy. We still have to find the best fit. We still have to get a first rounder. Look, they're saying, fuck you. <laughs> Look, as, as far as we're concerned, we're not trading you. I think... We'll never know. I've seen all that stuff too about the racial motivation. I don't know. I don't even necessarily think it's like just that simple, but I think it's like, again, these things both happening side by side and then being handled drastically differently. Not just one guy gets released when he wants to be released and one guy gets traded when he wants to get traded as opposed to being released at the same time. I'm just, the only place it gets sketchy is the report, which I believe started happening on Friday with the owner saying like, as far as we're concerned, Sean Watson's going to be here. That's when you're like, "Mm, okay, we're not doing this rebuild thing. You're not just like letting Watt go and you're going to let me go get, you're going to take the best trade. Now, is this part of negotiations? Is this part of trying to get a better deal for him? Whatever. But it like it all happening simultaneously does it does have some bad vibes to it well being lost in all this is the fact that jj watt his brothers all of them represent subway and the fact that they still have that contract and also the fact that every time i make a joke about it we've learned on dirty sports twitter there are subway stands out there defending it which is mind-blowing nothing is mind-blowing anymore at this point andy the defense of Subway, I just cannot understand. I just can't. I feel like this is new, though. Like, I feel like you, I mean, I feel like it took a while for Subway to break you. Like, I, I don't feel like you were early on, like, the Subway is disgusting train. <laughs> like, it was definitely post-pedophile case for you. It was. Like, it really most people was. didn't need their spokesman to get arrested for kitty porn. To be like, somebody's gross. Well, look, I, I've, you know, what's helped is more Jersey Mike's and like Jimmy John's franchises. You still not have those. They, they weren't as prevalent. I think, yeah. And you know what? And I hate to, I hate to say this, Andy, but I also think that, you know, I, I'm, I come from a place where like every mom and pop shops, Delhi fucking smashes all of those places. Sure. So I, you know, I hate to go full like, you know, the people who fucking eat Applebee's 
probably enjoy subway, but like, this is what I'm saying. When I say the fucking, you know, you get to certain parts of the world and you're like, yeah, subway. What's, what's, what's the problem with subway? It's like, I don't know. It's fucking gross. But I'm living in Applebee's country, right? I'm I living. But what I'm saying is now. But but here's, more, here's my, here's now my that point. More sandwich chains have spread. You're like, oh, you know, sandwiches can be good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know anybody. In my area. Because I have all the irony is no lie. There is a stretch near me within a quarter of a mile, maybe half a mile on the same exact street. Beachmont Avenue is all three. Jimmy John's Subway and Jersey Mike's. Not once do me or anybody I know or anybody I've been with who's like you're saying, you know, a, a quick. I agree. Right. The mom and pop's getting better, but like a quick fix. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to Jersey Mike's. Not once have I been with somebody going, hey, let's go to Subway. I, I would throw that person out of my car. Now, now I also have to admit there was a subway across the street for me for years when I used to live in the smart studio. Did I occasionally go there and did I definitely go there too much circa 2008 to 2010? Yes. I will fully admit that. It, like Venice didn't have like epic sandwich shops. There wasn't like a standout sandwich shop, but like it was years before I discovered, but I was like, I, I refused to give up. It was years before I discovered the sandwiches in the back of Bellissimo. Oh my God. Game changer. But, but then I was like, you know, there was other places I would go to get sandwiches. Like I would go up to the Western, you know, state co up on Lincoln and I'd go to this spot and I'd go to that spot and not having a spot that was just like walking distance from our place, get a good sandwich. But I still wouldn't eat Subway. Yeah, no, like I've I've got standards. Good for you. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, you Not know. to mention of all the Subways, that Subway. Oh, that was the most. I I don't know how many times I'm gonna say it. I always the bring patrons it up. were the fucking workers. Like guys yeah. would, you, you know, you'd rustle a tent on your way, and the guys like, oh, you want a sandwich? Never will I forget the guy that was with just one razor blade. He needs to get himself some Harry's. It was a single razor blade. You know, it wasn't on a handle sitting at a, the table at Subway, a homeless guy shaving his face, watching the hair fall on the table. I was there with my buddy and I'm like, what are he's like? We cannot, we cannot eat here. We, we cannot get us. I, I know we're trying to get something quick near your place. We just, we can't do that. Yeah. That's Subway. I, I'm surprised the mayor didn't buy it because that guy lived there. I mean, the mayor's the mayor's ability to like blindly push through terribleness, (laughs) defend it, defend it to his death is like remarkable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We got to talk about this. I'm surprised. Like, I'm, I'm just shocked that he's not like a I know he's not. I know the mayor's not much of a sports guy, but like the the mayor to me is like the people on Twitter who still defend mellow it's over. You lost good day, sir. They're like, oh, here's the mellow apology form. Motherfucker. You are literally eating at the subway in Venice. Yeah. Doesn't get much worse than that. We got to talk about this woman. It's rant about Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. This thing to me, I'm going to play the clip. It's so ridiculous. Most of you guys hopefully probably already saw it. But this woman was. Uh, We're calling her Karen Lombardi. Oh, it's the most Karen thing I've ever seen. 
she was so worked up. She, hold on, let me pause it. She was so worked up about the thing we all saw of Brady tossing the Lombardi trophy to Gronk. And this is a local news story. And you got to hear what she says. It's a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I, I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, um, but to the, to the fans. Hey, you know, I don't use this term lightly. You probably don't really, really hear me say it much, but I'm going to say it. This fucking bitch. Yeah. Th this fucking bitch. You want an apology? You yeah. didn't even make the goddamn trophy. Yeah. Your, wasn't your even you. Your dad did it. Get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. You want, you want an apology? I hate Tom Brady. Everybody knows that, right? We're, I'm, it's, it's well, it's well known. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like, I don't like Tom Brady for numerous reasons. We won't list them all. This is so fucking stupid. Who gives a shit? Again, it's not even her. Andy, they, the things that have been done to the Stanley Cup. Oh, my God. He threw, he threw the fucking trophy. And you know what? If it had gone in the water, it's a different fucking story. It didn't. If I buy a fucking Lamborghini and I destroy it, that's my fucking right. Do If I look at somebody who doesn't take care of their shit, can I think like, that guy's an asshole? Sure. Is Tom Brady an asshole? Sure. We already knew that. But the league pays for this trophy. And it's a goods and services exchange. The trophy costs $50,000. And by the way, didn't Gronk break the trophy? Yeah, like last year like or two years ago, like dented it. Yeah. Here's the thing, Andy. The reports, I saw this the other day. It's a $50,000 trophy. And it's it takes 72 hours to craft. Okay. Now I'm sure that number of 72 hours is exaggerated, but if you did the math, 50,000 divided by 72, it's $694 an hour. We are overpaying you for this trophy. It's a good point. We're overpaying you. Great craftsmanship, whatever you charge an exorbitant amount for this trophy. We as the league pay for it. After that, it's not your fucking business what happens to it. Yeah. And you know what's proof of that? It's never the guy. It's never. It's always Karen. It's, all, it's always the white Karen. It's always Karen. If your dad has a problem with it, where's your dad? Yeah. Where's the workers? Yeah. Does she even do silversmithing? Yeah. 
Probably not. I want, I'm sure there's numerous, she said numerous people. Okay. Let me hear from them. The fans. It's so ridiculous. Which fans. Karen Lombardi. Which fans deserve an apology? That's what I want to know. She's the, saying the, the Bucks fans. fans fucking love it. Bucks fans are loving that they won a title. Yeah. If you told Bucks fans before the season, Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl and then he's going to throw the Lombardi trophy in the ocean and you will not get to display it. They're going to go, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Also, you know what happens to this trophy? They they take it around for two days and then it goes in a glass case at yeah. the executive offices and no one fucking sees it again unless you have special tickets to walk through that area. Yeah, and the Stanley Cup they drink out of it. They have sex on it. Like they, everything happens on that thing. Yeah. And that's what makes it the best trophy. Makes it the trophy that the only trophy anybody cares about. Yeah. It's true. I did have our third grade championship trophy for two days this weekend. How the idea that you didn't throw it is so ridiculous to me. Well, like, each, each kid, you know, it's going to the school. It's the same yeah. thing. Each kid gets to keep it for a night or two. So. I just stared at it, ate edibles, stare. It's the biggest piece of shit ever. <laughs> Let me tell you the zero respect that you get in the third grade when you win a How tournament. How dare you? My father helped build that trophy. Andy. It's plastic. It's a big piece of shit. Let me tell you. But I mean, okay. $50,000, like there's no way that like, I don't know what silver costs these days, but like, the, the, you know, these silversmiths or whatever like they're making dough on this this isn't like this isn't a charity event for them yeah lady your dad just your dad your dad just did that job your 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 kids the grandkids just got really good presents coming up yeah because of that lombardi trophy so actually it'd be more beneficial for you if he did throw it in the ocean because they'd have to make another one yeah which, exactly which means another good payday for you yeah you know like if, if you get again you get a car you sign the deal on the car. It's paid for. You drive it off a lot. You get T-boned. The fucking salesman jizzes in his pants. Yeah. He's like, bro, we got a whole new lot. We got a whole lot of cars. Come on back. We got sure. you. So I got to bring up Urban Meyer. I love shitting on Urban Meyer. It's kind of a thing I do with a couple of my brothers to my little brother since he went to Ohio State. Is Urban Meyer retiring before starting because he's sick? No, that'll come soon. But I love that he hires. This is what I love. Last week, he hires the strength coach from Iowa, Chris Doyle, who. And this is not. I, I know the story now. Just I want to say right up front. This was this was a, a guy that had already been. This is not a Jared Porter situation where it's all discovered after the hire. No, this was every he knew everything. So yeah. this guy had a checkered past with bullying, racism, whatever you want to call it, allegations. It's it's look, I the truth is I don't fully know all the details. I haven't read enough about it. I don't care enough. Maybe I should have. Maybe that's lack of due diligence from my part, but all I know is this much. He has controversy surrounding him, right? When he is a strength coach at Iowa from again, multiple angles from racial stuff to bullying players. He's not a guy you want to hire because you're bringing in baggage. 
What does Urban do? He quote unquote vets him and hires him as the strength coach for Jacksonville. Obviously, big backlash. He resigns, Chris Doyle does, the strength coach, within 24 hours of being hired. And he was and clearly- the Texans immediately hire him. Yes. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, <laughs> actually, he was. I'm sure he was told, right, to resign. But, but this is why I'm bringing this up, Joe. Like, you're Urban Meyer. This is your first move. This does not bode well. It just... Like if this is the decision making you're if this is the decisions you're making, red flag. Hey, stay away from this guy. And Urban's like, you know what? I think I'm going to hire him. To me, that is not a good sign for their franchise. I think, I think what this um, tells me is, and if you're a Jags fan, it's got to be your biggest fear, which is the. This tells me Urban thinks he can. Just be exactly who he's always been in college in the yes. NFL. Yes. That nobody is more important than the head coach. That when he was in Ohio, he was probably the highest paid state employee. He's in Florida. He's probably the highest paid state employee. Like we see this all the time. There's no one more important for hundreds of miles than the coach of Ohio state. You're the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No one gives a fuck. Like you're actually way less important. And if you come in with this attitude that like you can do whatever you want, no one's going to say boo to you. It's not going to work on multiple levels. It's not going to work with the press. It's not going to work with the police, you know, like in college, like, that's what the boosters do. They're like, hey, Jameis didn't rape that girl. This is not the quarterback you're looking for. And the cops are like, this is not the quarterback we're looking for. You know, like this ain't college football, but mostly it's not going to work with the players. Yeah, exactly. The players are going to be like, uh, fuck you. Yeah. I'm rich. I'm richer than you. You're the highest imp paid employee in the higher entire state of Ohio at one point. Guess what, motherfucker? I'm the second best defensive tackle on our team. I make a lot more money than you. Suck my dick from the back. Like, it's not going to work if he tries to come in and be the emperor. And I know a fair amount about him, especially even from listening to those, the podcast, I believe it was, I forget who did it. Uh, God, well, I'm forgetting who did it, but the one on Aaron Hernandez. What I liked about it is they really go into Urban Meyer and they go into the questionable things he did at Florida as far as getting guys like Aaron Hernandez and the Pouncey brothers. Like these guys were not ready academically for college. He would show up at high schools, right, Joe, and talk to principals. And to be honest, put them in an awful position, right? And in a way, use his power and his clout as, like you're saying, the top dog at a huge state football school and use that. So he has a history of doing that everywhere he's went and then using health. And you're right. He learned instantly. This isn't Ohio state. This isn't Florida. Like you're the Jags coach and you're right. The players that, that, that was my first thought when he hired him, I'm thinking if I'm a player on this team and 80% of the players in the NFL are black, if I'm a young black player on this team, I'm thinking, wait a second. 
He just hired the guy who had questionable racial problems or racist things, whatever happened at Iowa. And now he wants me to listen to this guy. No. Yeah. You're not bigger than the team urban. I think it's just a great, it's just a very small and like this story will be gone very quickly and they'll move on. But like, it's, I think it's a great small example of if you try to run your team this way, it's not going to go well. Yeah. But that, if you are a Jags fan, if you're one of the four out there, yeah, that's got to scare you to think one of your first moves, like, dude, you can't fuck up hiring the strength coach. We're not even talking about a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, whatever it is, an important position on the team. You, you jacked up hiring the strength coach, man. You, you had a layup, you had a slam dunk. And you went full Carlton from Fresh Prince and you threw the ball and it didn't even come close. Love that gift, by the way. Underused gift. Yeah. You know what I watched? You know what I've been binge watching? Speaking of Carlton, it reminds me of uh, a speech that Jason Sudeikis gave in the show. Did you ever watch Ted Lasso? I watched all 10 episodes in one sitting. I thought it was really good. I think it's great. Okay, good. My... Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. My one, um, kind of negative review of it is just like, I think that there's a lot of great characters on the show. Yeah. I think Ted Lasso is like the least deep of all of them. Like, I don't want to spoil it for the show, but he's like, they, you never see like, you never get really too like, he's just like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. But like, I feel like there should be like an, a backstory or like a, you know, like something underneath that. Like, you know, the the nicest guys ever are usually like hiding something or whatever. You know what I mean? The, my one criticism was like, I didn't think his character was that deep, but I think all of the other characters were. And I think the show as a whole is great. I, thought I, it was lo- great. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great too. I, I binge watched it the last three or four days um, of of last week. I thought it was great. I agree with that assessment. By the way, his character there's not too much depth with him, but I love all the characters. So the many assistant coach, the, oh. the assistant, the little the little equipment manager, the guys on the team, the women, the owner, everything, and it combines. You know, some real heartfelt stuff with obviously a lot of comedy, a lot of comedy that's not even thrown in your face. The subtle jokes, you know, the subtle discussions. I loved it. Yeah. I, I literally watched it. I think I watched it all in one day or maybe two days, but like literally in a sitting. So that's funny. So, you know, my buddy Drew, we were texting about because he did the same thing. And he loved it too. He's like, I watched it in a day. I mean, it's, I, I think they're like half hour ish episodes, they are. right? But I said, I'll say to you what I said to him. I was like, dude, I get it. And he said the same thing. He goes, Oh, I loved it. it was so great. Blah blah blah. I said, dude, that's thirty minute episodes. That's still five five hours. Five hours of, like I I can't do that. It's it's like I've I never. Mean, I, I watched it a while ago now, but like. I mean, we're talking, we're talking like mid quarantine shit. Like what else did I have to do? 
I know it's it's just really tough for me to like watch five hours of something in one day. You watch you watched 128 hours of fucking <laughs> Game of Thrones. That was for a stunt, man. Yeah, but I'm saying the idea that like you couldn't just sit down and watch five hours. No, I shouldn't say I couldn't. I can, but my mind is like, okay, I've watched three or four episodes of something. Cool. To me, it's all about like when I started and what I'm doing. Like, I feel like we started it at like seven o'clock and we're like, hey, let's watch a couple of these. And we're like, oh, we like it. And next thing we know, we're like, listen, if we just keep watching this, we we just watch it until 1230 and we go to bed and we and we finished it. And that's what we did. Yeah. No, it's good. It's really good. I, I, I don't agree. Think, I don't think if I turned it on at noon that I'd end up watching it till like 5 p.m. But it was like, oh, let's put on, you know, oh, let's put on a movie. Yeah. And we just ended up basically watching two movies in a row. Well, obviously I had some time and I'm going to have more time this week because we're getting some more snow, but I'm ready for spring, Joe. I, I really am. Like, I, I shouldn't say I, I'm like, I'm enjoying everything, but when spring comes, I was showing it off to my buddy who's an avid golf fan. I can't wait to use this minimal golf bag. Yeah. I mean, you got it's. It's it's it really is a game changer. I I take it out on the course. People, you know, asking me about it. The other day I played with Laz on Friday and he was like, did the he's like the the color of the speaker matches the bag? Like, did it come? I was like, Yeah, it came with the bag. It's also got a cell phone charger. I love it. It's it's really and like you said, you're you're excited to play. Like, that's what it does me. Every time I see it across the room, I'm like, it gets me excited. I want to go play. Yeah. And, and like I've said before, the, the, the filming pocket literally is a game changer. It is. It has, it has changed my game. Yeah. No, the, the, my buddy was all stoked again. He's an avid golfer and he was checking out all the features and he's like, man, this is going to be a lot of fun for you guys to use guys. It really is great. Go to minimal golf. Actually, is it? No, it's not minimal golf. What is, or is it? it is. Minimal it's minimalgolf.com. Okay. That is, it is minimalgolf.com. So go to minimalgolf.com, check it out. They really have the coolest, most innovative bags, some of the great features. They have the patent pending phone holder filming pocket, which Joe and I are talking about. That way you can film your swings, the internal stand mechanism, four way divider, two full length. It very comfortably carries 14 clubs. The back, the back, pack strap is very comfortable. I've been testing it out. I, I, again, I'm just chomping at the bit to use it. Magnetic pocket closures versus having zippers is so much better. The lightweight, the, the cooler, the cooler pocket with ice drip holes. Yeah. So they have a thermal pocket. You can store up to five 16 ounce bottles or six, 12 ounce cans. And then the patent pending port and portal system. Guys, it's a great golf bag. I really can't rave about it enough. I know a lot of dirt balls are also just as excited to have it again it's minimalgolf.com go to their website check it out get a customized bag i have dirty sports on my bag i have my initials it's just a great bag and i'm stoked for the snow to thaw and test out my golf swing and two quick things on it andy one um i've called it the tesla of golf bags but like at honda prices it's not that much more expensive than a regular golf bag. So it, it's less expensive than some regular golf bags. My brother paid more for his golf bag. And I'm like, what? And also a lot of people have asked how 
Uh, you know, there's no dirty sports URL. There's no promo code. We're, we're, we just got started with these guys. It's, you know, kind of a test run. And, uh, so if you want to let them know you found them through us, there's like a little notes section for where you can customize it. Just say dirty sports saying, say, I want my initials on it. And I want, you know, LeBron James face and just FYI, dirty sports sent me. Perfect. Love it. All right. You're rocking the Mets shirt. Can we talk a little baseball and wrap Watch up the it. show? I'm rocking the meats shirt. But oh, this that's is, it. You remember our uh, our dirtball who gave us these? He gave you a chili one. He gave me a meats one. But it is it is a Mets. Yeah, it's a Mets meats shirt. It's uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Sorry, man. I know he lives in Indiana. It's uh, is it Zach? I forget everybody's name. Yeah, sorry. So my, my apologies to every single um, name I always forget. Yeah. Well, regardless. Dude, I just I, I put this on the rundown. Like Tim Tebow was invited to the Mets camp again. Yes. Joe, like, what are we doing here? Well, like, what is the move? Like, this is embarrassing. I'm sorry. This, my, is ju- this is just embarrassing. Here's my hope. And then we can go into like wh- what is happening. Um, so my hope is that this is he got invited to Major League Spring Training Camp. He's never shown any ability. Um this year, instead, this year, my hope is that when he does not make the team, as he will not, he, there's no chance that he makes the team, um, that then this is the end of the experiment and that they don't send him to the minors. Like he's, he doesn't go to the minors this year. He doesn't get offered a contract. Now, here's what I think happened and why it's still happening. I think the Mets and Sandy Alderson specifically believed in the idea of giving him a shot. He's a great, he's a great athlete. He's a hard worker. He's shown whatever. He's not incompetent. So they gave him a shot. Okay. And I I actually was fine with them going like, all right, let's see if it happens. Let's see it. The fact that it continued to happen, I think is a Wilpon thing. Oh, he's selling jerseys. Oh, he's selling tickets to minor league things. And they're Mr. Fucking scam artist, you know, cheapo. Like they'll take the 50 bucks on every Tebow jersey and they'll happily, you know, steal that money. I think what Alderson's, I think what happened this year, and I could be wrong, but the Cohen era has begun. And as if to say, no, I'm not just a, I wasn't just a yes man for the will ponds. I wasn't just doing their bidding. Tebow's deserved this the whole time. He didn't want to look like it was all a fucking scam. So he's inviting him to one last spring training. They cut him and it's over. But I actually think it would have been more, more of a honorable thing to just be like, no, fuck you. You're gone. Let me just say how bad these numbers are. First of all, Tebow's 33, 33. Yeah. yeah. So, He's been invited to the last four years of spring training. In those 34 games, he's batting 151 yeah. with one home run. Now, let me go over his numbers in AAA. In AAA, he batted 163 with four homers and 19 RBIs with the Syracuse AAA team. One, so in spring training in AAA, one... 63 and 151. This is just embarrassing. I, I just don't get it. 
Like they don't, you're not making money off Tebow. Like what is the move here? Well, I mean, and, I, and, and Tebow, I, for- I'd argue that you are because just think, remember the crowd that Tebow, you know, remember Tebow's target market. But does he still have that crowd is the question? I, I think if you go on Twitter and you look at it, I think you'll see that crowd still exists. I mean, what's Jesus batting? Zero? You know, like these people believe, <laughs> these people believe in fucking cloud man, you know, with, with zero, he's, he's at zero homers. <laughs> like, so yeah, I think that, you know, that crowd, it's the only, only that crowd can be convinced. Like other crowds will, will throw everything under the bus, but the faith crowd, the, the John three fourteeners, they're the only ones that never give up no matter how much evidence there are to the contrary. I don't know, man. I just put him into Twitter. It's mostly hate. I mean, these are the most recent ones, but it's just, it's like, I know what you're saying. I just, I just think the Tebow, like, I don't know. I, I, I also think he's kind of a dick. I mean, I I totally think my thing is, dude, you're stealing a spot from somebody like, like I can already see people arguing with me on this one, but that's fine. My, My argument would say, you're stealing a spot from somebody. You have the money. You work for ESPN, the SEC network. You have endorsement deals. You get paid extreme amounts of money to do public speaking. You're stealing a spot, and that's on both on him and on the Mets from some young kid from whether it's the States, Dominican Republic, wherever, some young kid who might make the team, who might have a chance, or at least could have a spring training. Listen, man, you're preaching to the choir. I, I I mean, my opinion was like, I thought, you know, he's been kneeling all over football fields for years. I thought we would have colluded him to keep him out of all sports forever. Like, get the fuck out of here with your kneeling ass. Fuck Tebow. I hope this is the last of his spring training. Honestly, I don't know how he's even allowed to participate in sports with all the goddamn kneeling he did. So, yeah, hopefully this is the end. He's still a virgin. I pray. I'm on my knees praying that this is the end of Tim Tebow. Do we think he's a virgin? Did he get married? I don't know. You know my theory on it. He's engaged. Oh, he was married. He was married last January. So he's still married. He is married. Yeah. She's a beard for him. (laughs) I'm just saying that's my take. I've taken it all along. You know me. I, 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 I think when people stick to Jesus, I think it's a lot of closeted homosexuality. They hide behind Jesus because they can't come out, which is actually pretty sad. That's what he should do. He should hit a home run if he if he can actually do that, and he should round third base and come home and blow a guy. <laughs> He, he comes around and he ends with just a, the final round of T-bowing. He gets on his knees. <clears throat> Do you think he ever hooked up with Aaron Hernandez? That's a great question. <laughs> Speaking of Urban Meyer's locker room conundrums. <laughs> he had 
He, dude, I my favorite still is that picture of Tebow Hernandez and Riley Cooper on the same yeah. team. Riley Cooper hated it because they were interracial relationship. <laughs> Riley right. Cooper was like, "How dare you guys kiss?" And they're like, "Oh, are you anti-gay?" He's like, "No, I'm anti a Mexican guy <laughs> and a white guy kissing each other." It's somebody's disgusting. Like, somebody's like, "Yo, dude, he's Puerto Rican." He's like, "It's the same to me." Yeah. So the major league baseball has uh they're going to stick with certain rules from the pandemic season for this year. Did you see this? No, I hate it. They're the only just, rule we're not sticking with is the DH the fucking DH. Yeah. Which, by the way, y'all know I'm not a fan of the DH, but now that you know, the, it's, I'm not a fan of the DH rule. The universal DH, but at the same time, it's way better than putting runners on second base in extra innings and playing shortened double headers. Shortened double headers like doesn't bother me that much, but the runners in extra innings, yeah. offensive. It's the most offensive thing ever. So there'll be any double headers will be seven inning games, and every extra inning game starts just like it did last year with a runner on second. Now that definitely did cut the game down in time, but it's not that baseball is not meant meant to be a short game. I just hate, I just hate baseball needs to be faster. It's the worst. It's the worst take of all time. Why don't we, why don't we have the Daytona 50? The whole, it was the whole fucking day yesterday. Daytona. Why don't we play golf? Why don't we play four holes of golf at Pebble beach yesterday? Speed this up. Just a bunch of guys reading putts. Let's go. Why do we do it? Because that's the fucking sport. The baseball yeah. needs to be faster crowd is the is one of the worst crowds. Well, they're not real baseball fans. The, the baseball needs to be faster crowd are the same people who bitch about nobody plays defense or travels. You're not yeah. real NBA fans. You're not real Major League Baseball fans. You're just not. Like, when you or I go to a game, we know we're going to be there. We know it's for the long haul. We're going to relax, to socialize, to experience the ballpark. Those people who want a quick game just don't go. You're not a fan of baseball. It's a long yeah, game. Yeah, just just do what Dodgers fans do. Show up in the third and leave in the sixth. Yeah. There you go. You got a mini baseball game. Sure. Baseball is just so lost. I mean, how many times are we going to say this? They're like they are. They're they're. It's just very antiquated. They don't know what they're doing. Every adjustment they make is wrong. The NFL went through that that process for a little while too. Every, every time they try to like tackle an issue, they tackle it in the completely wrong way. Major league baseball doesn't have, you know, kids interested. You don't let people post about it on social media. Yeah. Your Twitter band. If you post a clip from major league baseball, we're like, where do you think people are fine? Where do you think kids are these days? Sure. Yeah, man. They, I don't know where that sport is. Obviously, they get the money from the advertising and the TV deals. But if you project ahead in 25 years, I just don't know where that sport is at. It's dying a slow death right before our eyes. Especially when we're going to have like automated cars and Uber and all that. Like where do baseball, baseball's making their money charging you $65 for parking. It's like... This this is your model? Yeah, what's cheaper? 
paying to get a COVID test or COVID vaccination at Dodger Stadium or paying for parking at Dodger Stadium. But you, you've done it. I mean, I've I've done it multiple times. First of all, like we're we're we were on the west side. So the idea of taking an Uber there was really expensive. Yeah. But I would drive. I have had on multiple occasions driven there, parked off site, Ubered from where I parked to the game and then Ubered back to my car. And it's significantly cheaper. Yeah. than parking at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I know. Park at the shortstop, go to, you know, have a couple beers, go back there for a post game drinks. I could buy beers, my Ubers both ways, my post game beers for less than you charge me for parking. Where, where, where do we go? Philippe's? That's the uh, oh, yeah. the French dip place. Love Philippe's. Haven't been to Philippe's, and I don't think I've been to Philippe's during quarantine. Maybe I might have gone once. You should go early. Early. It's pretty good. Love Philippe's. Yeah, it's getting me hungry. Philippe's two sandwiches, a pickled egg, uh, Arnold Palmer, and a slice of pie. Mm. That's a lot of food. The little sandwiches. I feel like you'd be pretty good in eating contest. You can eat. We did one, remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't succeed it, but I felt like I had a good showing, especially considering we ate McDonald's at four p.m. like idiots. That was a reckless move. That was the most reckless move. I'm blaming Nick for not stopping that. I mean, I mean. The reckless move of eating the McDonald's in the afternoon turned you into, you know, one of the other mice in Speedy Gonzalez. Just middle of the steak, you throw your big sombrero down on your head and <laughs> lean against the wall and go to sleep. You quit three minutes in. You're like, I am done with this eating. No my steak for me. What was the challenge? And McAfee, Pat McAfee threw up when he did it. What, what's the McDonald's challenge? The McDonald's to- challenge? I feel like I could do the McDonald's challenge. I was going to say, I think you could do that. I feel like I, we've, we've talked about this before. What is it again? It was all the craze. I forget. But it's a lot of food. But I feel like when I compare it to the food from Texas, it seems doesn't even seem close to the same amount of food. I agree. Now, the thing is, it's there's there's drinks involved. Which is like okay, you want to hear what it is? Definitely a game changer. Yeah. Damn. It's no. a lot, but it's not crazy. And it's crazy because Pat McAfee puked, but it's like it's not that crazy. It's this much? No. Four double quarter pounders with cheese, two large fries, 20 McNuggets, and four large Cokes. See and- the Coke. Are, are th- those are killer? It's all that carbs and sugar. That's a lot. And I know they have. I I I know it's like four large drinks. I didn't know if it's like Coke specific. Also, McDonald's is bringing back orange drinks, so that would be a. But like, I feel like with some sweet teas. But even that, the drinks are the hardest part. I will crush the rest of that food. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures. The four. Or this one's this one's showing four double cheeseburgers. Two things of fries, 20 nuggets, four soft drinks. Yeah, I don't know. 
that that one I definitely would feel better about myself as well. 90 minutes. Let's go. In 90 minutes. Spotting you, spotting you 30 versus the challenge we did. Jeez. You think that's too I much might, time? I might, I, I might go eat four double quarter pounders today just to train. Is it four? It's It's got to be four quarter pound is it yeah. four quarter pounds with cheese or four double quarter pounders with cheese well i'm again i'm seeing different things L- let me see it started from an original tweet yeah it's four double quarter pounders with cheese two large fries 20 mcnuggets four cokes wait did this start during the pandemic it started, I think it started a, a while ago and then it like came back, but like some guy just tweeted it. I was like, well, yeah, well, this, 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 got, this has got to be, the, yeah, this has got to be the original tweet. This is from March 29th, 2020. Okay. What does so, it say? Yeah. And it's because this has 29,000 likes. Trevor Donovan, I don't know who that is, tweeted, somebody offers you 3,500 to finish everything on this tray in 90 minutes. Could, would you do it? And it's four double quarter pounders of cheese, 20 nuggets, two large fries, four Cokes. So it's fucking Cokes. Yeah, the Cokes are killer. But you know what? I might eat the first, I might eat it all and just like wash it down regularly in an hour and then just use those Cokes for just slowly sip on Cokes till the end. Yeah, it'd be a tough one. Well, Dirtballs, that is going to be the show. No calls today, but I would love to hear from you, and so would Joe. Give us a ring for next episode. 310-359-8365 is the hotline number. I'll be checking those daily, so drop us a call. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. If you have an iTunes review, drop it with your Twitter Instagram handle, and I'll get you some koozies in the mail. I got a lot I have to send out, so please be patient with that. And uh, that's it for my end, Joe. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Joe Prano on all other social media sites. Uh, keep drinking that Miller Lite. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's all I got today. All right, guys. Well, uh, stay warm or wherever you live. I don't know. Stay cool. We got their balls. They super cool. We got their boss from all over. Uh, but seriously, drop us a, drop us a call 310-359-8365. If I don't play your call, it's probably because it just has bad quality. Normally Andy, I play six, 61 today, 64, 64, 66, getting up into the seventies the weekend. Try, trying to get me out there to visit. When, when's your visit? I've been thinking about it. Well, right? I'm, I'm here in Andy's room. Well, I've been thinking about it. I, uh, I am going to Hilton Head the last week of May, and obviously that's three months from now. But um, I've been thinking about it. God, I would love to get vaccinated first, to be honest. You know, you, you better you better bring that golf bag to Hilton Head. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I'd love to be vaccinated. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off air, but I have been thinking about it. So it's been almost two months. So. We'll see if they'll let us into sa- into an empty apartment in Savage Town so we can try the McDonald's challenge. All right, RIP my mail. <laughs> Gone forever, Aaron Hernandez. I mean, I don't know. Like, they're just not helping me. 
even though, like I said, I had everything forwarded, but apparently important documents uh, don't get sent my way. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk off air about it. Dirt balls. Thank you for the support. Have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday. And as always stay dirty.